0: So hello, welcome to the Dark Path podcast. Uh, we're sitting today uh, on another uh, Zoom call with someone. Uh, this is uh, Fallon Oh.
1: Wotherspoon. Oh, <laughs> Wotherspoon.
0: <laughs> so in your emails, it says Smith, I think, for some reason. That's what got my mind. My, my, yeah. So my apologies. Um, but uh, we're very grateful to have have her visiting, or uh, you know, dropping in to, to discuss some very important issues today. So uh, I'd like you to just maybe say hello and and maybe uh, touch on your background a little bit, if you could, please.
1: Hi Lucas, I'm Fallon. I'm a registered nurse in Interior Health, or I was, uh, for almost nine years. Um, I'm a mom of two little boys. I was a traveler. I'm a wife. Um, I was a surgical nurse, more specifically, with an interest in like disaster relief nursing, and um, I had hopes to do that again one day, and I was just recently let go with the mandate, with you know the 900 whatever it ended up being, other nurses. So, yeah, yeah, that's that's
0: okay. So right away, then you're jumping into a major, um, seemingly confusing thing for a lot of people who may not have been questioning much about what's going on. Is how can a person who works in healthcare? Um, not want to, you know, impose the mandate upon everybody else in the world. Um, can can you maybe speak to that a bit?
1: Yeah, <laughs> that's, <laughs> a, that's a loaded question. There's a, there was a lot of us. Um, I think people see in the news that there was the. I don't even know what the final number ended up being. Um, The 900 and something will say nurses, you hear that you don't think it's that many. Um, But what people don't realize is that there's a lot more nurses who didn't want to get the vaccine who weren't on board for all of this that just did it because they had to, Mm -hmm. or it was easier, and they just didn't have much fight in them. Um, I know handfuls of people that I worked with who were single moms and felt like they just they had to get it, they needed to pay rent. So when you hear that number, it kind of sounds like a pretty big minority. Um, But there's a lot more than that. So there's a lot of healthcare professionals who are actually against this mandate, including people who are double vaccinated, soon to be triple vaccinated, who are working right now, who Mm -hmm. think that the mandate is wrong, and they don't support it. So there is quite a large number of us who don't support it right off the bat. Um, And it's just, it's unethical, it's illegal, and it's just nothing that I could support. So So, I didn't. um, Yeah,
0: yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm lucky that
1: I'm in a position I didn't I was able to walk away and not support it. I understand there's a lot of people who weren't as lucky as I, but yeah, I just, I ethically, I don't support it and I, I can't. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah.
0: yeah and I'm, so I agree with you. And I, I mean, that's, that's my position as well, even though I'm, I don't work in healthcare myself. Um, um, but I'm, I'm thinking about this from the framework of a person who um, is just sort of going along with the CBC news um posts and what they're there's the the narratives that they're sort of painting and the narrative seems to me is still even though it's getting harder and harder to me to make sense that you could hold on to this narrative is mm-hmm. that you know the vaccines are like a cure-all thing that are going to like come mm-hmm. in and just bring back normal life and if you just if just everybody did it it would be okay and that was
1: the promise yeah
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well well uh yeah so what's what's why is that promise <clears throat> not being sort of manifest through even though we have 85 90 vaccination rates
1: Like for me specifically, why I couldn't get behind it or? Yeah, just
0: from your perspective, absolutely,
1: yeah. Uh, I think right away I had questions and they were shut down. And, you know, people like to throw out the terms, like you don't believe in science, you shouldn't Mm. be in healthcare. Mm -hmm. Um, If you don't like vaccines or believe in them, then you have no business being in healthcare. I've heard that many times. But a lot of us had questions right from the beginning, myself included, and we saw right from the beginning with these studies and these clinical trials, that just isn't good science. And I noticed that right away. I have a science degree. I love science. I've learned about science for years. <laughs> I'm always reading studies. And, and the way in which this was done right from the beginning didn't sit well with me. It seemed corrupt. There was no ability to critique or to question the studies, which is a large part of what science is to me. Um, other healthcare professionals and other scientists and doctors were shut down um, for voicing their concerns, their opinions, their critiques, their questions weren't answered. And the way the media dealt with it right from the get go, it just seemed incredibly sus- suspicious to me and I just dove into my own research, so I felt like I couldn't trust the sources that were doing all the talking. <laughs> and were not censored, um, and that led me down many rabbit holes, and I saw many things at my own job that made me uncomfortable, and it all just really supported my decision to avoid the shot at uh, all costs. Uh,
0: yeah, um, so there's a bunch of stuff there that's really interesting, um, but uh, just in, it just so happened that I was having a conversation with somebody the other day, and they were concerned that because I have spoken my mind a little bit more freely than maybe other people in this group, um, that I might be falling into the rabbit hole trap and becoming crazy and, you know, conspiratorial brouhaha stuff. Um, so do you, how did, how do you, do you have a sense of how you've navigated the fact that there is some lunatic fringes on any end of the spectrum here in in this sense?
1: Yeah. And it's, just being bombarded with information all day every day and at the end of the day some days not so much anymore that i'm home a lot more because i can control my environment but it's so hard after being bombarded with all this news fake news on both sides censorship it's so hard to make sense of it all at the end of the day and to even discern what's real and what's not real so i still find myself questioning articles and things on both sides of the argument and you just I know now when to step away and to just take some time and to clear my head and come at it from another angle a different day because it's too much. It's so much. There's Mm. no, it's nonstop. You know, I was doing 16 hour shifts before and it was just start to finish end of the day in your sleep. I'm not convinced that we might be getting bombarded with things to subliminal message. Like it's everywhere. So it's just, it is really hard to, yeah, really hard to decipher the information, and I still struggle with that too. So I just I think it's all about taking breaks and mm-hmm. yeah, yes. coming well, that's, at it with fresh eyes.
0: Yeah, that's great. Um, I I appreciate that as a as a strategy for anybody because you're right. It's 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 really hard to make sense of what's going on when there is a mountains of 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 information being presented from all sides, and it's often really mm-hmm. kind of chaotic um so so this brings up something that i think is really in- interesting about the situation that we're all in and obviously i think relates to what you've decided to do which is that there's there's a there's a guidance internal guidance that people have have that you may or may not want to act from but it's like intuition or, or whatever do you feel like that has helped you navigate all of those mountains of, of information
1: Ah, yeah, and i am so glad you brought that up because i also am seeing around me that that's something that people have lost it's like a lost art to listen to your own inner guidance and to yeah Mm -hmm. listen to your intuition it's just it's something you don't see anymore people aren't doing it um Mm -hmm. which now more than ever is the most important time to be relying on that so yeah i've definitely taken uh steps back from research for periods of time because it gets so confusing and so overwhelming Um, just don't know what's real, like I said. So sometimes it just, for me personally, just sitting back and asking myself, like, am I doing the right thing? Mm -hmm. And I've had some pretty strong signs and guidance come through for me on that end. Being a more spiritual person, I know not everybody is, but Mm -hmm. I just feel like people should be listening to their intuitions a lot more than they are right now. Um, Especially when it comes with vaccinating the children right now too. I've had a lot of friends who are double vaccinated reach out to me and ask like what would you do and Mm. I know what I would do (laughs) and I know what I'm not doing Mm. but I want to be telling people how to choose that for themselves so I've been telling people relax turn the world off for a few minutes and just ask yourself should I be doing this is this the right thing and I think people would be really surprised at what comes through for them and yeah. I think that you should listen to that. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, no, no, that's, that's a wonder, wonderfully well put because uh, it ties actually into sort of my background a bit and I'll sort of explain why a little bit. Cause mm-hmm. so I, I te- I've been a teacher of martial arts for about 10 years and that's how I've been making my, my income. Um, obviously COVID did not help because <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, the classes are all about, being close to another person and, and interacting and everything, but uh, so the, one of the main reasons that motivates me on a large scale that this is a really useful thing for society because that that matters to me that what I do helps the world um, is it helps people manage fear responses. So if something happens, you don't immediately go and get afraid. You 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 you're, you learn to stay calmer and breathe more calmly, and then deal with the potential or even real threats without that overreactory, fear thing because when you when you act in a fearful way it usually is very it's either limited or it's just a bad idea in general mm-hmm. and so that to me has been obvious for my training for decades because that is kind of at the heart of the practice but um i've been recently following um a, a, a woman named dr julie ponensky i think you say love her yeah I love she, her. she's she's awesome um mm-hmm. and i was just listening to her this morning on a, in a chat and and she was talking about um the same thing from a psychological point of view that there's yeah. studies and it shows the fear limits the perspective and the and the, and the uh, sense making and all that kind of thing so so what you're saying is kind of like pull back
1: mm-hmm. not
0: try to look at it without that that lens of that fear and see what comes mm-hmm. out, if i'm hearing you right
1: <laughs> absolutely you have to at a certain point you have to you know yeah so I mean, as humans we've been doing that forever right <laughs> everything from as simple as if food has gone bad, you know the signs to look for, you know the science behind what to decide to throw out from your fridge and what not to But at the end of the day, you kind of take a sniff and you listen to your gut, you know, it says yes or no. It's very basic. It's very simple. It's always been there. We've always relied on that. But I think it is no coincidence that as a society, we've been kind of pulled away from that for the last, you know, for a long time. but i can really tell the last five ten years like just i think we've been really conditioned to step away from that and it's scary it's yeah. scary because people don't have the ability to even think for themselves anymore it's scary <laughs> yeah, I, I agree um, yeah. um
0: so yeah i, I mean I, I tell people quite often that there's a wonderful um Uh, documentary on uh, a story of a guy who is, I think, the nephew of Sigmund Freud back in the 1920s, I think, and he Mm -hmm. got hired by the cigarette companies, and his job was to figure out how to get women to smoke cigarettes, because at the time, Mm -hmm. cigarettes were a male thing. Um, And so it represents the first time that um, major corporations were using psychological research and understanding to Mm -hmm. market their products um, and to manipulate, essentially, people through their base reactions and, and get them to do things. Right. And, and so this is like back in the 20s right and so you come back to the modern times and it's like it's created this bizarre detachment from um independent thinking where uh you're so it's not just that you're stimulated to buy a cheeseburger it's that you're stimulated to buy a cheeseburger without running it through your rational mind it's supposed to right. just engage directly right and that's yeah t- yeah go ahead if you want to say something to that
1: no just and, i it's there this is very carefully orchestrated. And I think that they've been priming us for a while. And I don't think they want us to be thinking freely right now or relying on our inner guidance. I think a lot of people just have lost the ability to do that.
0: Yeah. yeah. So that brings up an interesting fork in the road in terms of trying to imagine what is really going on because it's you know I always I always have this careful caveat where I say you know there's limits to what I can say for sure I don't know for sure what goes on in boardrooms that I'm not a part of right. so what the motivations ultimately are but murky but there's more and more it seems like this really isn't just purely frantic healthcare mixed, mixed guided healthcare policies, that there's like this, 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 this feeling of an end game point where we don't give up certain elements of things that have been developed, especially the vaccine passport mm-hmm. thing, this idea and that, you know, I can't prove that. And, and I, I want to be careful when I say that, that I, I know that that's not something I can stand here and say, I know for sure, but right. yeah, that's very concerning vibe to that in that direction.
1: Hmm. I would agree. <laughs> yeah. So many different things to be concerned about right
0: now. Well, yeah. So, so let's bring this back to the healthcare thing. though. So um, sure. um, how, can I ask how long you, you work as an nurse uh, until now?
1: Yeah. So uh, nine years.
0: Okay. So yeah. um, did, this is something that I also bring up with people a lot. Because I, uh, I did one year where I worked for a company where I was doing patient transfers between hospitals.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah.
0: So that was on the Lower Mainland. So it was yeah. Vancouver to Hope, basically. And um, I saw a lot of stuff that I didn't know was going on. And it was a very eye-opening experience. And this is about 10 years ago. But even at the time, I was looking at this going, there's not a lot of there's not enough funding going into this there's there's overstressed nurses everywhere there's there's mismanagement going on here the patients are being cared for the way that they really ought to be i can remember specifically some people that were i was taking to cancer treatments and uh, the radiation treatments and they just weren't getting what they should be getting and they were rushed and so anyways um i wonder if maybe you you could speak to that because being in the healthcare world for that long did do yes. you feel like it's well managed <laughs> do you feel like it's well funded
1: no no it's I don't know. I think this will break healthcare here, but I think it's been breaking for a long time. Like since I was a nurse, I, you know, we learned in nursing school how to assess a patient and like to do it properly should take a good 10 minutes. And then you go out onto the floor as a new grad and you have nurses telling you like, Oh no, like we don't do that. We don't have time for that. Um, Just so many things aren't as how you thought it was going to be when you went to nursing school. It's just not how it is. It's so, underfunded it's so cheap (laughs) it's just so not how it should be and there's so much room for improvement and I think nurses have felt that for a long time COVID did not help did not help but it was not the problem the problem has always been there we've Mm. always been we don't have a nursing shortage interestingly now we do that they fired a bunch of us and we have nurses leaving um, at it never been seen before rate like people are retiring early people are having different career choices they're just leaving it's crazy but before this we never had a nursing shortage there was always nurses there but they were casual they were on leaves and they weren't picking up shifts because they didn't want to because they knew once they got to the floor they were going to be redeployed to a different unit because Mm -hmm. of short-staffed er or just different units, they'd get pulled around. They knew that they'd be working short. The shifts wouldn't get filled on a weekend. Instead of having four patients, they knew they would have five patients plus a hallway bed. They knew they probably weren't gonna get their breaks. They knew for sure they're not gonna be getting their holiday time that they requested. It's been happening for a long time. Nurses have not been happy. Um, Hasn't been in the news, uh, but now I feel like the political powers that be, have taken advantage of this COVID situation and they're all too happy to pass off the crumbling of our healthcare system and our nurses on COVID and use that as a scapegoat, obviously, because it takes the pressure off of them and their shoulders, but it's been happening. There's been unhappy nurses for a long time, unhappy patients with the healthcare system. People keep coming back because their issues aren't resolved. We're not taking proper care of them. We're not setting them up in the community properly. So they come back. It's just, it's, it's a broken system and it always has been. And there's so much room for improvement. And I think this is just bringing light to that, which I think might be a good thing after all this is over, right? There's a huge opportunity for something different. I hate using the term build back better, so I won't.
0: No, no, <laughs> <But I> no. <don't. laughs>
1: changed and it could be so much better so
0: yeah, yeah. Well, well that's I, I i want to jump into that but just as an anecdotal thing of the build back better thing obviously the people that have sort of created that term and coined it and promoted it are not people i want to follow into the future but right. but but that's interesting though because even from their perspective there's a recognition that this isn't working that things have to change and so i completely agree with you on that level that we could possibly build a better world uh, and that's what i hope to do and want to do mm-hmm. But um, so I want to I want to uh, ask about that uh, about the the long term systemic issues with healthcare, um, especially in Canada. You know, we people tend to think of Canadian healthcare as being particularly good, and and you know the ideals of it up until COVID sounded really good, um, right? Universal. It's it, yeah. So what uh, where do you think the the major fault lines lie within the fact that it's not working and hasn't been working prior to COVID too?
1: Oh, that's a loaded question. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, there's just, there's so much. I think there's just, at the end of the day, it's budget cuts, red tape, and politics that have gotten in the way. The staff yeah. is there. Yes. The equipment is mostly there. The potential is there. It's just we are being prevented from doing our best and we always have. To, so. yeah. Thank you. That's, there's that makes- things that don't make sense that, like, yes. nurses haven't been involved in. So, like, An example that I'm sure people can relate to that comes to my mind right away is instead of knowing that it's a weekend, our hospital is going to be very short staffed because people call in sick on weekends, it's just what humans do. Mm. So instead of knowing that and having the foresight to open up a line for nursing care, like uh, nurses, LPNs, or care aides, just hire a few of them for a hospital for weekend shifts pay them at straight time because we know we're going to be needing them Mm. instead of doing that how is it cheaper to wait till friday afternoon to call out at overtime and pay a nurse who has been a nurse forever and who's at the top of the pay grade to pick up an overtime shift and pay her double when we can pay somebody straight time like how is that saving money in the budget there's just so many little things like that That just don't make sense. That just never have made sense. And nurses aren't involved in the politics and the administration of hospitals. when we probably should be because we have good ideas. I don't know who's (laughs) making it. Everything right down to like ordering a binder. You'd think that they would send the unit clerks to Dollarama just to buy a few binders for the unit for $2 a binder. But we have to order the $15 binders because that's Mm. where our contract is with. And it's Mm. just there's just so many things that are above us that we have no control over that. Just don't make sense yeah, absolutely yeah. um it don't make but,
0: sense. yeah and that's it's interesting look because that's kind of you, you brought up exactly where i was going to wanted to go with this whether it's it's um it's not the nurses that are creating these you know roadblocks in, in the in the management of the healthcare system it sounds like it's political administrative um, oh, um
1: absolutely
0: and so so this is really interesting to me and also important i think though is that i think it's a different mentality of person that wants to be a nurse than it is that wants to be administrator and those differences in personality types every personality type has goods and pros and cons but mm-hmm. the 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 administrative end of it pol- as well as the political end of it tends to disconnect from the caring drive the caring heartfelt motivation that maybe a, a nurse practitioner would have and that means that they might be like okay this is just what we have to do because this is what the data says we have to do and there's no feeling of of and that that disconnect represents a major problem across the board. And I think in many ways in society. Mm-hmm. So, so, so do you feel like the nurses aren't listened to by the administrators? Do you feel like they're just like just told what to do? And then that's it, that kind of situation. Is that what comes now up?
1: That I am free of worried about being fired. <laughs> <Because> <laughs> speak freely for the first time in nine years. Absolutely. hundred percent. No question asked. Every yeah. nurse would yes to that. I mean, there's times where we've literally been crying, and screaming for help. Like, this is unsafe. I cannot take another surgical patient tonight. I already have six vomiting cardiac patients who are doing having code blues on me. I haven't had a break. I Crying, like nurses cry for workload and for help. And there's been times that we've been told, no, this is before COVID, before COVID. We're told, no, we can't afford workload tonight. So we used to do like a one-to-one patient care. Sometimes you have a patient who's, mentally not well um, for so many different reasons. And they're pulling their IVs and their catheters out. They're picking at their surgical wound and they need to have one-to-one care and somebody sitting in the room with them. Mm -hmm. So we're advocating for years for these patients to have a one-to-one care aid, cheap and cheery, come sit with them for the 12 hour night shift. And we're told so many times, no, we can't afford that. It's not in the budget. Um, We don't have high enough numbers in the hospital to really warrant that or to make it worth it um so we've had to like go to the doctors and get the doctor or the surgeon to write an order patient Mm. one-to-one care so we can bypass that administrative level Mm. and just get them one-to-one care that we needed so that's because of the patient and their safety but for the nurse and our safety (laughs) like (laughs) and ultimately the patient safety if we need workload, because we're so busy for years, we've been denied workload because it's not in the books it's not in the budget and they want to trim fat where they can. Um, and if you're a competent nurse and you're good and you somehow survive the night shift and get everything done, nobody <laughs> dies. There is no med error. You get punished for being a good hard worker and a good nurse and managing in that they look at that and they say, well, you did it yesterday, you're competent, you can handle it again tonight. And that's where the burnout comes into. It's just, uh, (sighs) it's been there forever and nurses have been long pissed off about it. Yeah. So now it's just coming to a head where there's gonna start to be not only denied vacation time, no workload, they couldn't get it now if they tried. I've seen people doing shift call-outs now for certain units saying, like, we'll pay you to come in off of your vacation days, which is crazy. That never happens. Mm. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be getting worse because now there's going to be mandatory overtime where you have to come in on your days off. Really? Away from the family And come in. So it's going to come to a pretty ugly head soon here um, when I'm... Mm thankful that I'm not there to witness it
0: <laughs> well and I pray
1: everyone in my family stays healthy and happy mm. and we don't rely on the medical system this winter because it's going to be ugly yeah you know, no I kidding. have two little boys and they wrestle it's all they do is they fight and they wrestle and <laughs> like I shouldn't have to fear one of them breaking a collarbone and mm. having to wear, you know like it's mm. just yeah, I, no yeah I, I pray that I don't get appendicitis or something this winter too or like you know, one of our parents or in-laws get a cancer diagnosis, and need treatment, like I pray that nobody needs medical care this winter that I know and love, because it is going to be that bad. Uh,
0: It is that bad. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah, that, that issue, it represents to me so much of what the problem on uh, in so many levels is, not just with healthcare, which is like these little pockets of tribalistic identities of like the administrators and the nurses. And they can and they and they get into this concept instead of saying, hey, we're trying to accomplish the same goal. Are we? Aren't we actually trying to do the same, same goal? Um, but yeah, yeah, and and this whole thing with the government for, for and this is again way past COVID, is like, oh, we don't have the money to make the school system run well. We don't have the money to make the healthcare system run well. We don't have the money to, you know, do with the, you know, provide mm-hmm. drinking water for an, an indigenous peoples throughout the country. What? Where? We still
1: don't have money for
0: that. Yeah. What are you How? talking about? We've printed more money in the last two years than, than you know, we've done in the last 20. I, I don't know if that statistic's exactly right, but there's ample evidence that they could pull the money out and put it towards these things if that was something they sincerely meant to do. And yeah. the accountability is just not there. And I just, it drives me nuts on lots of levels on that one.
1: Oh, me too. And especially you know not getting too political, but Trudeau saying that you can't afford old people and their demands, <laughs> like more vets who can't afford to pay rent and for food in the same month, let alone yeah. diabetic supplies or whatever. Yeah. Saying yeah. that we can't afford you and then spending whatever billion dollars he spent on passports, vaccine passports alone.
0: Yeah, yeah. So, so- The money's there. (laughs) And and accountability. I believe accountability is the key to Mm -hmm. governance. Okay, so from that, that, uh, one of the major, major threads here to me isn't about medical data so much, it's about ethics. And it's the idea of, so, so, you're unvaccinated. You're worried. You're, if you're an unvaccinated person, uh, you, you might worry about going to the hospital and how kind of treatment you're going to get, even if it's something like a broken arm or something, right? Like, there's this idea now percolating that we can treat those people with less humanity than what the whole concept of a universal healthcare system is based on, right? Like, so this is really concerning to me, and I don't know if you you know saw this, but I think it was New Brunswick or I think it was New Brunswick that the new uh, restriction rules they've implemented are giving grocery stores permission to ban unvaccinated people from buying food if they want to do that
1: i'm and not it, mistaken bonnie henry's done that too yeah,
0: yeah i want to bring her up a little bit too but but it's just in
1: BC, like as of now people can businesses can grocery stores can decide to do that oh i she didn't know that.
0: that oh yeah no. mm-hmm. okay so yeah. how how could a person possibly argue that that's morally and ethically acceptable in a like i don't understand how that
1: uh, based on the numbers and the statistics, it's not justifiable. Like it's not. If this was the Spanish flu 2.0 and, you know, healthy young people and children were bleeding out of their eyes and their ears and dying within 12 hours, sure, those measures might be appropriate. Ethically, the vaccine is from the statistics, this is not my opinion, just from the statistics alone, their own numbers, the vaccine is not good enough. And this virus is not bad enough mm-hmm. to warrant mm-hmm. this ethical problem that we're having. It's just not. It's not. People, I don't understand why people don't see that. It doesn't measure up. You know, again, yeah. it's a Spanish flu. Sure, it might be necessary, but it's it's ninety nine percent survivable. You know, well, yeah, yeah. the vaccine isn't working. It's not good enough to warrant this.
0: Yeah. No. Um. One of my um favorite um. Um, podcasters uh, uh, it's two of them actually it's a uh, uh, Brett Weinstein and his wife Heather H- Haining, I think Haining. and um, he just posted his that exact thought today and I, I retweeted it because it was it was the right thought is there I, I'm not I can't say it exactly I can't remember but it was like you know yeah. there could be a time when 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 mandatory vaccinations are justifiable if the disease is severe enough and the right. vaccines are sterilizing well enough that like it really is going to change the game um i can i can buy into that argument as a hypothetical but right now this virus isn't worth it the vaccines aren't capable of doing <laughs> that and the people that have been implementing these healthcare things especially at the top end um they don't deserve that kind of um uh, you know like loyalty to their to the, what they're saying they, they've been said a lot of shit that's been wrong they've they 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 they're obviously hiding certain things i mean it's mm-hmm. how yeah so so that brings something To mind that I was going to ask you about because I only understand this from a limited perspective, but uh, maybe you don't. Maybe this is something you you don't you don't know about either. So so, um, but I I've been told that I think it was in 2015 in Ontario there was an arbitration with the nurses union in which they were trying to force the flu vaccine or the flu shot um, onto the nurses and, and the healthcare workers um, across the board, like a mandated thing. Mm-hmm. And it and went to, and went to a tribunal or whatever you call it. And yeah. Bonnie Henry was, a, was a, a witness take to the stand uh, for the side of trying to force it to happen. And it, okay. So this is, this is something I need to research a little more, but, but, from my limited understanding, she was arguing much the same talking points she's arguing now,
1: mm. and
0: and and one of the things that came out was um, that if you didn't take the flu shot, you would have to wear a mask for your whole shift. Mm. And she said on the stand that that wasn't because it was going to decrease the likelihood that you would you'd actually um, spread the, the 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 virus the, the flu, as much mm. as that was something to almost punish people for not doing what they're told. It was. Um, and, and it's like that, that and humiliate a, them. yeah, and it's like, wait, wait what, why, why would that even be argued about, you know, in a just, you know, like an adult conversation, isn't that something that kid, like, you know, high school, you know,
1: health officials say that about our passports too, they've been open and honest about it. They've said it in press conferences. This isn't about health. This isn't about spreading transmission. This is about pressuring people to get vaccinated. Right yeah um, I mean, I, they're not even hiding it anymore I didn't know Bonnie said that I didn't know that she was even at that tribunal but I do well, know very much so about the whole masks and flu shot thing for sure <laughs>
0: yeah well and, and I want to say that I, I only sort of uh I don't know that in depth uh, that was something I've heard from a couple articles I've read but I haven't researched it surely. but it certainly fits the pattern and um it also sets up for me this thing where it's like with with Bonnie Henry where it's like she already had it in her head that in order to win her little, this little game that, that being played between the administrators and whatever else, she, she was going to use coercive tactics and punitive measures because that was part of the game, right? And it's like, like a
1: doctor. Yeah, yeah. You can tell. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So, so it's so, <laughs> so much crazy. It's so much crazy.
1: It's a crazy world, isn't it? Like, I don't, I still every day i'm like is this real like am i in a movie is this real i can't believe it's real still and we're like two years in and i'm like is this fucking real? yeah yeah Sorry. well i got a feeling that a lot
0: of i got a feeling that a lot of people are kind of like in that state of mind but also using that as kind of a smoke screen to not accept that it's really happening even though it's been this long <laughs>
1: I don't understand the psychology of everybody and what's happening. I try and I just, I don't understand. <laughs> I don't, yeah. I, what, what they're doing is like, I have to applaud it. They've done a really good job of manipulating <sighs> how, how, I don't know how they've done this. It's, it's incredible. I'm in awe of, yeah. I'm in awe of how they pulled it off.
0: Well, um, um, it's very, it, calculated. Yeah, it's very, it, it seems to be. And it, but it also seems to be like, like they're all, they're consciously, keeping their finger on the pulse of, of the of, the, of their sort of the public consensus on things. So there was a report that came out about, I guess about a month ago now, where uh, during the election campaign, Trudeau was um, using um, psychographic information, which is like polling people and seeing what they would agree to and how far they would go and then using that polling information to create policy. And of course that's not scientific or relevant to any serious health issues, but, but that means that the game is how do we keep people in a state of mind that they're gonna to wanna to gravitate towards continuing to just do what they're told without thinking too much. And then let's keep our finger on that pulse and make sure that they are still there and then manage it in that way. And I mean, that speaks to like almost a malicious attitude. It's, it's crazy that that's, you know, playing out.
1: Big up. power trip. It's crazy. <laughs> what can we get away with? I don't know. I, I thought by now that people would start rising up against this and waking up I guess is what people are saying I don't know I thought with the children being vaccinated I thought for sure that would be the straw that just pissed a lot of people off and would finally change them and it hasn't yeah <laughs> you know, well, not, but it's yeah. just like what what will it take and how far is this gonna how far do we let this go I don't know and there's a point where it's not really returnable so yeah it's I, pretty scary to be trusting society with yeah, that.
0: yeah I am um... I don't know if you you, you um, saw this, but I think it was just today that, that Israel announced they are going to be introducing a fourth shot um, and that that's going to be part of their, you know, green pass. So if you don't get the fourth shot, you don't keep your passport. And like, I, I honestly, <laughs> I, I remember. The So
1: didn't work. So yeah.
0: like, like it just... Well, obviously it means it's going to have to come up every, you know, four to six months. And, and I remember, I remember back in September talking to people about this and saying, look, if that, if that comes to be that the vaccines have this waning, thing and 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 you have to get revaccinated every 4 to 6 months are you going to be okay with doing that as your means of staying able to go to the restaurant or go to the movie theater or anything like is that okay with you and people just like no it won't happen it won't happen and it's like it's happening <laughs>
1: People said that they wouldn't fire us nurses too, mm. and it happened. people said they would never deny us access to a grocery store. It's happening. Like yeah. yeah, Bonnie's herself said, we wouldn't have vaccine passports, and here we are. Yeah, she promises that we're not going to be mandating the shot in kids, but in a month from now, I'm sure that will change too, right? Like it's. Yeah.
0: Oh well, that that brings up another thing. Just that I want to just because 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 with your background, this is great to have some uh, reflection on this because. I'm not a trained medical healthcare professional. So sometimes when I bring up things, it, it's a little bit less uh, weighted. Do you, do you, uh, would, you uh, would you tell me I'm wrong if I said that there is a seasonality to, to respiratory infections um, in, in general? In general, yeah. I wouldn't say you're
1: wrong, no.
0: Okay, so is it possible that the coronavirus has attached itself to that seasonal fluctuation? Do you think that's part of the possibility?
1: I don't think at this point, I don't think at this point yet, no, I think it will die down into like a common cold strain, which we'll see every fall kind of a thing. Um, yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't, I don't really know. I don't, I don't, don't think.
0: Sorry, but that's what I mean. Is like you said, it would, it would it, it calm down to like a cold thing, but that would come up within the seasonal respiratory. Eventually. Right
1: now, it's just, I think it is truly more to do with people being more indoors and stuff right mm. now. It's, and starting up again and I I think it's just always been there I think most of the population's already had it I wish we could just do like antigen testing on everybody yeah and just freaking know but they'll never do that because then we'd have to get into the natural immunity conversation yeah yeah. I was
0: thinking about that they don't
1: want to go there right I can promise you that natural immunity lasts longer than a Pfizer shot but Mm -hmm. I got COVID on the job hey and they still fired me yeah I think natural immunity just based on everything I know from vaccines in the past and just being a nurse, I just know that you don't get German measles twice. You don't mm. get pumps twice. You don't get that shit twice. Mm. Chicken pox. Maybe there's a handful of people ever in the world that have had chickenpox twice. Like you just, just natural immunity is just the best. everybody knows that. <laughs> so I feel having had COVID in September, but I'm off the hook with all of these new Delta and Omicron and all this other shit. I think I'm off the hook forever. I think I have natural immunity mm-hmm. and there's evidence supporting that, that we mm-hmm. can get into if you'd like to.
0: Yeah. Um, but normal-
1: why, even if we just go off of the CDC and what they say, put my own personal beliefs aside, they say I'm good for seven months. Why was I fired? I got COVID in September. I could work safely for another seven months, safer than nurses who have been double job by Pfizer, who haven't mm-hmm. had a yet. They've mm-hmm. had longer than four months from their second shot. It just—it doesn't. It's not about public health, right? It's—it's it's yeah. not. Yeah. <laughs> There's so many things that wouldn't be happening. Yeah, absolutely, right?
0: um, and, and yeah, I would love it if actually if you would sort of flesh out some of the um, actual data that supports natural immunity, but also um, your. Mm-hmm. Because because that's one thing. But I do I do want to hear your experience of COVID as it as it came up in the world too. Because I mean, when it first came up, nobody knew what was going on. And then there's this process of developing, like, oh, what is you know what what's happening and all that. I'd love to hear that from you too. But yeah, first, um, yeah, do you have up top of your head some data on natural immunity?
1: off the top of my head I know that they're really trying hard to suppress that information in that data but the average person can go probably not on google but on a search engine like dot go and do yeah. five minutes of your own research and you also would be convinced yeah. that <laughs> natural immunity just like every other disease and every other virus in history is the best. Yeah, <laughs> there's, yeah, you know, there's whether you believe it or not, there's whistleblowers from Pfizer themselves saying natural immunity is far superior. We use that as our model for building this vaccine, knowing we would never achieve the greatness of natural immunity, but we sure <laughs> try, right? Yeah, um, yeah, it's, yeah, it's like it's stupid. Like if I, I used to travel a lot, and when I came back from Croatia, they thought I had mumps. Okay, not a single doctor in the entire Okanagan would vaccinate me against mumps after having had it. They mm. would give a booster shot. They couldn't, I couldn't find anybody to give me a booster shot because they said it didn't make sense. You have antibodies, you just survived the natural disease. There's mm. no way you can possibly get it again. That's stupid to have a booster shot. They wouldn't do it because it mm. wasn't safe and it didn't make sense. Why would I get a booster shot of COVID if I just had COVID and I have natural antibodies stuff? Like, yeah, it just doesn't make sense.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. um, um, okay. but um, could, I just want to step back to this and, and give you a chance to uh talk about like how how did you how did you get to the point that you started like, okay, so for me when COVID first came up, I was definitely willing to be overly cautious because I didn't know what was going on. Yeah. And I think a lot of people felt the same. Um for me, it was um late sort of the fall of 2020. I started going, wait a minute, what's going on here? This doesn't seem to be clicking to me like especially the data on who you know like the, the average death rate was you know way up past 80 and the, the comorbidities all these things sort of just sort of putting little holes mm-hmm. in the bubble right so mm-hmm. anyways for, for your perspective especially since you were working as a nurse when this was all mm-hmm. happening um how did you sort of start the wheels start to turn and say what what's going on in that
1: sense like in terms of not fearing covid as much or thinking it was like a conspiracy or <laughs> I like would a, there's a lot of turning points for me
0: well I think those two things kind of work together though right yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. so so any any of that
1: yeah um I think that there wasn't a lot known about it in the spring or even this last spring so of course I was cautious at work and I made sure I washed my hands really well I wore my mask properly I was I didn't want to bring it home to my family because mm-hmm. at that point I knew that we would survive COVID and we'd be okay. But I don't know what the long-term effects of this would be on my children, you know, like there's, any, I don't like any virus. I don't want to bring any virus home to my kids. Like, kids can get diabetes from getting a virus when they're six years old. It's just viruses are gross. I don't want to wake mm-hmm. up with a kid all night crying. I just didn't want it anyways. Mm-hmm. I didn't fear dying from it ever, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Just the statistics weren't there <laughs> for my mm-hmm. husband and my family's age group. It just wasn't there. Um, I really started not being afraid of it this fall, like, right before I got COVID. Um, working mm-hmm. on the COVID unit, I just, I, yeah. I just I knew at that point that I didn't trust the media. Something turned this summer. Mm. As if you know that happened, that really just I didn't fear anymore. You know, mm. it felt nice to get it. I was actually like anxious to get the test results back that they would say it wasn't COVID because I just wanted to get it over with. You know, we were all Hmm. sick at that point. I was just like, just let this be COVID and just let it be over with. So yeah, I was like thankful (laughs) that I got it just to get it over with. So I I don't think I ever really feared it, to be honest. Yeah. I was like upset about them putting us on the front lines, knowing that we probably needed to have better masks than we were wearing. Hmm. I was like angry about being put on the front lines not for myself specifically but on behalf of our nurses who have immunocompromised children at home or who Mm. are in their 60s working still like I was pissed for Mm. them Mm. but yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's fine (laughs) my kids got a cold two weeks after and they complained more about the cold than they did with COVID it's just yeah yeah and I'm not undermining it like I know it's very deadly for some people and people can be so sick with it I've seen it I work in the hospital I worked on a COVID floor I've body bagged people hmm. I'm not downplaying the severity of it mm-hmm. but the average person does not have to worry about it yeah yeah <laughs>
0: Yeah. And that, that, that's not me.
1: That's the statistics telling you that
0: <laughs> I, I, I know. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, I yeah, know. Yeah, I remember, you know, in 2020, when everybody was banging their pots and pans at seven o'clock every night to support the frontline workers. And, you know, that's right. We should be supporting the people that are wanting to do this, but then it comes around to the point where, you know, you're, you're, you're actually relieved from your job for doing something that, you know, doesn't, as you said, you know, this whole time, there's no real reason that that makes, that makes logical sense that you would be fired from your job or anybody would be fired from their jobs. Um, and, and yeah, there's so many crazy parts of that. So, um, I want
1: to, we were actually dead in the hospital (laughs) during that time that everybody was banging the pots and pans and like bringing the free cookies and, the firemen would do like a salute and drive by with their sirens on for us at seven o'clock. It was like so well appreciated because we just come out of a crazy like 10 year freaking span of like hard work as a nurse and missing breaks and all that. But during that time that it really took off, like we were actually under census for the first time ever. So mm. it was weird timing, but we mm. could have really used that this summer when we were like super busy.
0: Oh yeah. <laughs> but, so yeah
1: not many people
0: know that okay so you mentioned something right there that i'd like to uh, if you would be if you'd be open to discussing or say this summer something shifted for you and you you said it sounded like you were way more busy than you were in the previous summer so that means that well so what happened there like why was it more busy well
1: there's a few things that really happened one, there's a lot of burnout with nurses, like people retired unexpectedly, nurses went to different units, the turnover rate on my surgical floor that I can speak for was crazy. Like people just left, people weren't calling coming in for shifts that are offered casuals just kind of disappeared and just didn't want to work. Mm. So we're working short all the time, but then they were piling us with extra surgical patients because we slowed down our surgical campaign for a long mm. time, COVID, and then they wanted to dicks wanted to pick it up. Gave us all these extra patients to just pump through, but we mm. had less nurses, so nurses were burnt out, and we were so busy we didn't get breaks. I worked sixteen-hour days. It was it was too much. Um, I don't think it was directly related to COVID. Maybe in the ICUs and things, I don't know. I can't speak for them. But on my floor, it was not related to COVID. Yeah, just has been coming for a while, and nurses were fed up. So there was a nursing shortage during this summer, and extra work piled on top of us and then things that the media doesn't want to talk about. (laughs) Like I'm in Vernon, I work in Vernon, uh, or did. And Vernon, as you know, from wildfires this summer was all the whole city was on evacuation alert, which has Mm. never happened with fires ever, the whole city. And then the hospital was on evacuation alert for longer, even though the order was rescinded for Vernon. Mm. So we were doing things behind the scenes that nobody heard about in the news, like packing up all of our long-term care people and sending them to Vancouver and to Merritt and to other places to recant in the event that we were actually evacuated and the fire picked up and got worse. All of our sickest patients in the hospital, so think your ventilated ICU patients, right? Your sick, heavy to move, hard to move patients. We decanted and got rid of them all. That was a lot of work to organize and to pack those people up, pack up supplies. It was just a lot of work. And then of course, for a while, we had a dead lull in the hospital and our ICU. We had no patients for a couple of weeks. We decanted an entire units. So there was nobody there. After that hard work, there was nothing. Mm. And then Kelowna started getting the attention in the news, which I'm sure you saw. The nurses coming forward saying it's full of COVID here. There's COVID in the hallway. Our ICU is crazy. We have all these patients. Yeah, you did. You had all of Vernon's mm. <laughs> ICU. The entire city's ICU was decanted and brought to another city with our nurses. Our ICU nurses were put up in a hotel for the week, two weeks, two weeks. So they had the nurses to go with them but all of our patients were moved and then they were saying things in the news like look at all the COVID in Kelowna but nobody ever mentioned or ever talked about the fact that we evacuated an entire ICU and it was due to the wildfires not because of COVID right like just things like that were happening where we were so busy and so stressed and in the media it just wasn't being talked about and it just oh it just confirmed a lot for me seeing yeah. that <laughs> like yeah. I knew the media was corrupt but after things like that I was like okay this uh, is really weird like at least mention it in the news <laughs> it could be mentioned right so there was yeah. a lot of work on our end this summer like we were really tired and burnt out
0: well fair. that sounds like yeah I, I see that was a link I would never made because I again I, I never saw any stories about
1: that I would never know that they didn't talk yeah. about it
0: and 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 it's And again, I can see why that would also bother you a lot, because it shows that there's conscious, intentional misleading and miscategorization and and misreporting in the media. And like, I still I don't understand why the, the motivation of a journalist would be to not tell the truth in that sense, because. I mean, you know, maybe you're, you're you're stuck in like high school and you and you and got this tribal identity thing. and You're like, I'm just going to say what my team tells me to say. But Jesus, don't you have any morality in your opinion? Don't you have a backbone? I mean, come on.
1: I am the same. I feel the same way. I have the same questions like doctors, nurses, the same thing. There's a good percentage of people who are falling for what's happening and they believe it with their whole heart. And they truly think that this vaccine is our way of climbing out of this they will Mm -hmm. die with that belief there's no changing them and then there's the category of people like me who are extreme opposite and then there's people in the middle like an alarmingly large number which has always happened in history as julie pontisi i can't even say her name (laughs) and she talked about There's a large middle percentage of people in journalism, in the hospital, in the grocery store, like everywhere, who know that something is not right, but they are choosing the easier path of just not doing anything because it doesn't directly affect them and hey I gotta keep my job, hey I want to travel right? So I think it's how they sleep at night when they know something is weird and it's wrong and people are being fired. Their fellow university students are being escorted out of the classroom for not wearing a mask, for not being vaccinated. Mm -hmm. How you can be quiet and not say anything and then go to sleep at night, I don't know. That's one of my Mm. biggest things I'm struggling with too, is like how, how do you not do something, you know?
0: Well, um, wow. I, for, yeah, from, from my... I hate
1: comparing it to history and like Nazi yeah. Germany and stuff and whatever, but there are some parallels, right? There's some, there's some undeniable behaviors that are the same. And there's some categories that we just talked about where people just didn't do any things so that didn't affect them. And they're yes. happy just to like not sacrifice any part of their lives or their comforts to stand out. They don't want to stick their neck out for another human, basically.
0: Yeah. Well, I see there's something there that I at least think about. I mean, I don't have any distinct answers because I'm not nobody can tell you exactly anything on that large scale meta level. But but uh, for example, um, um, human beings to me, evolutionarily, are prey animals. Right. We we're, were eaten by other animals more than we ate other animals for a long time. And so, um, there's a a fascinating study that was done with zebras, um, where, um, the scientists are trying to track the life of an individual zebra, but it's hard to do because when they're in the big herds, it's hard to track an individual one, right? Mm -hmm. So what they would do is they would, what they tried doing, it didn't work, but they tried doing is putting a bit of red paint on the zebra, and then they would be able to pick that one out. But guess Mm -hmm. who could also pick that one out because of the red is all the predators. They'd say, Mm -hmm. oh, that because the zebra's camouflage is based on that when they're all together in a herd, it's hard to distinguish individual zebras. And mm-hmm. if you're a lion, you need a lion of sight on the individual one you want to take down. You can't just jump at the herd, right? Right. So as soon as they put an individualized marking on a zebra, it got picked off by the predators. Mm-hmm. And see, that, that's something that all pred- prey animals have to deal with is that there's a lot of protection in the group but as soon as you stand out from the group, the predators out there on the outside ring can pick you off. And I think for humans, what we do is we organize ourselves into these social groupings and we allow ourselves to have leaders that tell us how to deal with things that we don't fully understand because we can't fully understand everything that's going on in the world because there's too much. And then your biological instinctual behavior comes through there and says okay the authority has to be right because i don't understand enough and i don't want to stick out from the group and i just want to just keep going in my little life in this little bubble i'm in and then you get into you know that that relates to the situation as we're talking about um so yeah that's 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 like a way of framing it to me in a certain way and Mm -hmm. this ties into something i wanted to ask because i
1: wonder if sheep the herds of sheep do that too
0: (laughs) Yeah, oh well, I think
1: you picked zebras as an analogy, but yeah, it's, it's,
0: well, I happen to read that study, right, about zebras, because, yeah. you know, but, but I'm sure all prey animals, you could, you could correlate to that behavior, because you think about a flock of birds in the air, and they all pivot together in the same direction. That's what that is. It's an evasive maneuver. People, that
1: People always want to go with a herd, right? Yeah, like I. I even question if they're manipulating the polls and the data of Mm. this percentage of parents in DC are really happy to vaccinate their kids Mm -hmm. and they milk that or fudge it a little bit, parents in a state of panic especially are gonna go with what the majority does. And if they see that number, they're gonna go with it because they don't wanna be a minority. Because we see what happens to people in the public eye here who are (laughs) a minority, right? You don't wanna be them. Absolutely. all, I even doubt the percentage of people that are vaccinated in BC, to be hmm. completely honest. it just Even just like a 2% fudging can really affect people in the way they think and their decision making,
0: hmm. because we
1: have that pack mentality of, you know, yeah. of not sticking out, right?
0: Yeah. Well, um, yeah, on that note, um, those numbers, I, I do wonder myself, because I know lots of people that aren't vaccinated. And I mean, it, you'd think it would be less than that in terms of your just day-to-day life, but there's lots around in my, but I know a lot of crazy people too, so that I, that's <laughs> right. part of my thing. But um, no, uh, what I wanted to get at was, um, um, so what allows an individual, and I'm saying this like as an open-ended thing, just as, as a statement is, what allows an individual to be willing to stand up and stick out amongst the group, right? So if you have the herd mentality is the biological drive Mm -hmm. certain people always some people anyways will stand up and say no and and go their own way and um i've been thinking about how that plays out because um it's hard to do it takes courage uh i had a guy on uh uh, about two months ago who's a professor of um psychology and He was talked that one. (laughs) Yeah, it's John John Foster, fascinating guy. Um, He he was professor of psychology university in in Tokyo for like eighteen years, and he also has a big background in Japanese mythology, and I think that's really interesting too. So,
1: yeah,
0: Yeah. but but him and many other people I've talked to and listened to, um, and I'm sure Julie Penanzi would agree with this too. Is um, is That The the persons who can stand up and and say and and not just do what they're told in the herd mentality thing has a belief in something greater than thou in the world, right? That they have a spiritual or religious or something to them that gives them the sense of trusting their intuition like we talked about in the beginning of the (laughs) podcast, right? So if you don't have that, if you just like don't never thought about the metaphysical qualities of life or the existential elements of life, um, then you have nothing guiding. like an empty vessel any fear reactive response will just totally take control so so does that make sense to you do you feel like that's that's a uh, yeah and
1: you know what that's I haven't thought too much about it but it's been a question on my mind it's like what makes some people so different ethically than other people like how yeah I just I why am I a minority (laughs) why (laughs) is there not more people I've been that's been a question on my mind too and I I'm curious behind the psychology behind that but um well can yeah. i ask can even I? just what percentage of people in the world are leaders versus followers too right like it's yeah. just it there's i don't know i feel like i'm a different breed sometimes too but <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, I you I, yeah. It's, something, so there's it, something different
0: what well, can i ask you though um do you, do you do you have a faith do you do you have a, a belief
1: yeah i am not religious but my husband and i are pretty spiritual um and i never thought of it that way but maybe that is the difference honestly yeah i, I don't i i People, I've always seen this divide in humanity too though long before COVID. So what makes people different? I don't know. This does fit your theory though. But even something as silly as driving past a car accident, like a person will say that I've been sitting here on the side of the road with my hazards on in a very obvious car accident (laughs) situation on the highway for five minutes and you're the first person to stop. Mm. how does that happen mm-hmm. how do those people go on their lives and go to sleep at night do they mm-hmm. wonder how the other human is doing how do people do that i don't know it's always been there it's just super highlighted right now right yes the greed that we're seeing in the grocery stores the me first mentality i've always seen that and i've always wondered what makes people different mm-hmm. Ethically, but it's like very highlighted now i agree yeah. And, yeah and yeah i wonder
0: yeah so i think that 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 has at least enough meat on it that it's worth considering that and so you you, and and so one of the things that I I I wondered then from that point of saying okay well maybe there's something to this is how how would a person how would a person develop that right like if a person was like living in the little bubble with the blinders on and they just Mm -hmm. like you know how do you plant that seed that opens their mind a little bit more right that because I I remember um uh uh uh, going to mark Heck's um, um um office party opening or whatever i don't know something like that in 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 the, in the summer just before the election and he had a, a woman there who was really an interesting little talk and she was um again a psychologist of some sort and she was talking about trauma trauma and how people when they're traumatized get stuck in patterns and then take break them out of that pattern you have to get them to let like, go of the fear that the trauma had created and that becomes a whole okay. difficult thing um and so yeah like that's kind of what that large mass of people kind of has been traumatized in the last year and a half by all this because all this fear promotion right that's like kind of trauma and so how do you how do you encourage a person to let go of that fear when that fear is constantly pummeling at them and not sound like you're just crazy denying that there's a reason to be afraid or anything right it it's it's one of the it it, right now yeah yeah but there's no straight solution right but it's just um it's the thought i think and it helps to brew on that thought but um
1: i also wonder the whole nature versus nurture aspect of that too right like are people just born a certain way too before they have these lived experiences and traumas you know like as a mom raising two little humans i'm very curious about that because part of why what i've done is just to be an example for my boys right like i I want them to be the kids that stand up to the bully in the playground. I want them to be the ones, and they're adults who stand up to the bullies in Parliament. Like I want Mm -hmm. them to be that person. And how do they grow into being that person without me as an example showing them? But then, is it already inside of them? I don't know. Like it's very. I remember even when I was a kid, there was kids who would stand up. When I was five years old in kindergarten, one of my best friends was hung by her pants on a fence because she was black so many kids didn't say anything they were so afraid of being mm. back up to the bully and mm. I was never afraid of my voice and repercussions that, that mm. my voice sometimes brought me there's just something different in kids and like when does that start why does that start is it in them when they're born I don't know there's so many interesting things and I'm very curious about that too there's, there's an answer I just <laughs> I wonder I wonder if it does have to do with like just being born with a inner guidance and having parents who teach you to listen to that voice versus parents who teach you to shut it down or mm-hmm. I'm as a mom I'm very curious about that it's very interesting
0: yeah no, I uh, up. <laughs> well, nobody's perfect but but I think that there's a little bit of, of, of both so there's a little bit of nature a little bit of nurture I think there is going to be people, um, who just naturally are more, um, um, obstinate and, and more willing to stand up and and just have, do their own thing. I think that is part of the genetic diversity of people, right? Is there's going to be some of that, but one of the things I notice, um, and again, this is from experience of dealing with lots of people in the martial art world, which is all about standing up for yourself in a lot of ways Mm -hmm. is, is if you perceive the person you're dealing with as superior to you, then you automatically diminish yourself in front of them. And that means that you don't really think about how to stand up and speak your real truth in that moment. You just automatically do that. Now, we need to have authority and um, hierarchies of, of, of structures in society. That has to exist to a certain degree. But for myself, I realized when I was like a teenager that every other person is just a person and that their position of authority might have certain validity, but it doesn't change the fact that they're just a person still. And that means that I can stand there and say whatever I want to say, and they have to deal with me as another person, really. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas I see kids, especially kids that sort of say, like um, with parents that just don't give them any room to express themselves individually, like as an example, and just take a really extreme example of that, then that kid's learning that they don't have the right to stand up and speak to the authority directly, mm-hmm. that they're always, and so that creates all the you know the hormonal balance shifts that come from the right. social dynamics and it patterns play out. So I think that can be taught to a kid, but not every kid's going to want to be that person who stands up and and,
1: and and does that
0: either, right? So a little bit of both
1: it's just yeah something in you that makes you a little bit different to people who do i don't know
0: <laughs> yeah yeah well i mean yeah yes my parents and believe me i was not an easy kid to raise because i was always standing up it's so. paying
1: off now love, because you're a free thinker right <laughs> like i'm sure you annoyed the crap out of them like my kids already do with the why <laughs> it doesn't make sense why would i do that the questions but then yeah. i always remind myself like okay like frustrating as heck but that is what i want to raise right like that is a good point why am i saying you can't play there i don't know there's actually no logical reason thanks for questioning that yeah (laughs) you know and i was that kid too and i know i drove my mom crazy (laughs) but i'm still that person and i'm really thankful that i Mm -hmm. call it out like hey why doesn't make sense yeah
0: and and, and why can't
1: i have my elbows on the table <laughs> right? Is there a logical reason, or is that just the old British hierarchy rule that was taught to you, and you're teaching it to me? Sure. Right? And now yeah. I'm asking things like, why am I being fired when I could be rapid tested in the morning before my shift? Hmm? Mm-hmm.
0: Oh God, yeah, no, it's it's so terrible that part of it. um, <laughs> um But that that goes back to the fear thing. But so so I think that that kind of is a key though, potentially for. Uh, society to better itself at least moving forward because as 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 we both have to admit you know it's not going to change overnight we're going to have to get this to grow in whatever direction that's positive kind of slowly right it's not going to i don't see it necessarily changing overnight but but that is that spirit of saying hey you know what i have the right to ask the question and Mm -hmm. even if like even myself who has no uh you know real training in like the healthcare uh, world like you do um, i still have the right to ask questions and And, and then you get and, and 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 I think the absurdist element of the of the fanatical people on the other side of the equation is getting more obvious because like you know fauci the other day has again doubled down on this idea that he is the science right and he's saying I yeah. am the science and so okay. like, that's just so that's like... it, it's so absurd that it's like it's coming you know like that that it's harder and harder to deny that that's not crazy right so so that that gives a person a little more grounding to sort of stand up and say you know what this is I got to ask a question. I got to say what what I've been feeling all along. Maybe is a question I didn't want to ask, but it, I hope it's encouraging that kind of growth. Mm-hmm. So, yeah,
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, people at this point have to be asking some questions like I so I know so many people who still very much believe in the vaccine somehow, but that's OK. That's them. and They can choose that for them. I mm-hmm. won't judge. You. That's OK that aside this is so much bigger than the vaccine like step aside you can agree with your vaccine you can get all 60 booster doses it doesn't (laughs) matter you can still step aside from that and not be on this be part of this polarization where that's where you belong you can have that and then also stand back here and say hey this doesn't make sense and can you answer her question she has a good question You don't have to pick a side and dig your heels in, you know, you can make a choice that's right for you and still question and say, okay, so I got the shot. Why can't I travel normally now? Like, why am I still, why are we still doing PCR tests when the CDC themselves said they were going to recall them because they don't friggin' work? Why are we still using them a year later? Like just, you can have questions. Doesn't mean that you're on my side, the anti-vax side, you know?
0: <laughs> like,
1: you don't have to be, you can have your side and without being labeled, you know? Why weren't more nurses who were pro-vaccine standing up for a micro their colleagues when we were fired and escorted out of the building at midnight without security like why wouldn't you stand up for us and say hey we actually really need her how come she's not safe getting a rapid test she just had COVID isn't that good for seven months like why aren't we standing up for each other and asking these questions, even if you believe in the vaccine right like there's still questions to be had.
0: yeah yeah.
1: People just feel like you have to pick a side and dig their heels in. And it's very hard, as we know from history, like once you've made your mind up about something and you've picked a side, it's very hard to admit one day down the road that maybe you made the right choice too, right? So I think we're seeing a lot of people who are, they feel committed to their side, mm-hmm. right? And though mentally they might be questioning or they might be kind of on the fence now, they're going to stay there, mm-hmm. right?
0: Yeah yeah they've done their heels they've
1: decided right yeah i don't know why
0: it has to be that way but Uh, no uh, um, you're you're doing you're you're doing well you're doing what's right for you which i applaud just as a general thing but i think that standing up the way you are is is great too um no, i don't know if you know the um uh he's like a youtube personality um um, podcaster uh zuby zuby
1: no i don't think
0: Uh, i don't don't think he came up with this but he posted it and i was like oh that's right um and he said um it's easier easier to fool somebody than to convince them they've been fooled because fooling somebody is easy actually (laughs) but if you admit you've been fooled you have to admit that you're you know you've been fooled you've been tricked and and nobody wants to do that (laughs) yeah
1: that's a yeah I agree with that (laughs) and something else on the psychology note of things too that I keep thinking about right now and I don't know why but (laughs) is in like on social media a couple years ago do you remember that stupid dress thing going around where it's like what color dress do you see and it was some people saw gold and white and some people saw black and blue and it depends on if you're left-sided right-sided what your emotions were that day and that's the color you saw yeah and once you've decided that that's Mm. the color dress that you saw Mm. People are willing to fight people to the death on that, you know? like once you've picked your lens to view the world through, yeah, you can half-ass say, okay, I'm just going to close my eyes, open them again, and try to see that dress in your colors, yeah. but you're only half ass doing that because in your mind you've already decided it's gold and white or whatever it was yeah so when you're trying to see something from somebody else's perspective but you've already decided what side of the fence you're on it's not non-biased you're only seeing it still through your lens right yeah. and that dress is still freaking gold and white no matter how tra- hard you try right and then like. That was just the stupidest thing back then but there's it just it feels somehow in some way that was like a warm-up exercise for mm. what we're seeing now because people are like trying to see it from other people's sides but they're not really capable of doing that because they picked their lens they're viewing this all through and they're seeing what they want to see still so that's why there's just so much heel digging and like the mm. an inability just to see somebody else's viewpoint right now it's just the parallels are like funny to me but not <laughs> I
0: just well, keep yeah. thinking
1: that stupid dress thing
0: yeah Yeah, you know, that's a good that's a good that's a good um, analogy I guess you'd say mm-hmm. um I don't remember that one specifically but I've seen similar ones to that
1: yeah shoes and like all sorts of stuff yeah
0: right and you know what <laughs> this is just me again being but I uh, what I would do with that type of thing is I would try to figure out how to get my brain to switch between the two possibilities so that right. I can actually see the dress in this way and see the dress in this way, because yeah. to me, that's a that's a dynamic You're because you're, you have these dynamics of perception. You have an ability to perceive things in different ways for a reason. And I think it's the exploration of the, the total potential of what you can perceive. That is the, you know, the purpose of life in a lot of ways to me. Um, and so um, that goes back to my my working theory that uh, I've been definitely inherited from other greater thinkers that um, if a person doesn't have a higher aim of some way of
1: mm-hmm.
0: seeing life as, to me, the, the way I would explain to be like, you see life as being somehow sacred and somehow special beyond materialistic measurement, right? Just mm-hmm. it's, it's very special. And I mean, I love being alive. I love other human beings. Generally, I love doing things. I like, you know, the, the, the world in general, um, is that aim that metaphorically keeping your eyes up to the horizon Keeps you from falling into these tribal patterns because the tribal pattern really is like, okay, I've only got a limited group and my safety is dependent on that little group. So I'm going to attack the other groups and not see the bigger picture as one united whole. Right. And um, fear leads to that, right? Like fear leads to that worse than other emotions, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: um, which just, you know, that's the whole big cycle that we're stuck in in this way.
1: intentionally
0: it seems like i like, i have to agree that's that, yeah. undeniable well. <laughs> yeah like,
1: truly. <laughs> yeah truly right? yeah yeah so it, if they if they wanted to decrease fear there would be many things that have been different like yeah here's the power back on you here's a whole fox news segment on how to boost your immune system you've <laughs> got the power you can actually do this it's okay or you know what for your Ability to have a good deep sleep tonight and de-stress. We're actually not going to broadcast news past 6 p.m. For everybody. New thing in Canada. Like, there's so many things that we could be doing if it wasn't about playing up the fear. You know what I mean? Like, there's just so many. It's very intentional. But anyways, yeah, sorry. No, no, no you, that's exactly right.
0: It drives me nuts. Too, but. And
1: you think of the most vulnerable population to COVID, they're freaking retired. They're bored. They're cut off from their family because nobody can come visit them. What are they doing? They're sitting down and watching the news for three hours every evening, right? Yeah, like it's yeah. just you're preying on these people. As a nurse, that bugs me. Like just uh, ugh, bugs well, me.
0: Well, you know? it, yeah, no, and 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 again, I I, I <laughs> I've been had a little bit limited experience working actually in the healthcare system with that one job I had, but I also I had a life when I was a kid, I had very chronic asthma and I would end up in the hospital quite a bit. And uh the nurses were you know angels to me. They they really made a huge difference. So I I know that um the motivation from the nursing side is very genuine and they really do want to help. And then you as we talked about, you get this other mentality in the administrative side and it clashes. But um sorry, I derailed you. (laughs) (laughs) Sorry?
1: I derailed you a little bit there. No, no,
0: no, no, it's good, it's good. Um, Um it's the idea then that, okay, yeah, yeah. So we, we talked about one of the big, big elephants in the room, which was um, uh, natural immunity, right? That's a big elephant in the room. But another one, I think, and you just touched on this and it connects, is, is the respo- taking responsibility and, and putting effort into your own health yourself. Mm-hmm. so you know the absurdest thing of like you know giving a person a donut because they got a jab right for the, va- the vaccine job that's that's a terrible messaging that's a messaging that somebody who would care like a like to me the spirit of the nurses who really care is they're not going to want to encourage you to have a shitty unhealthy life right like that doesn't that isn't good but the government never speaks about that right mm-hmm. and that is really suspicious. And 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 especially at this point when we, um, you know, I, maybe you can you tell me I'm wrong, but my understanding is that um, one of the things that would make some difference and would be very easy to implement would be um, um, vitamin D supplement, supplementation for people. Um, you know, or, it's
1: so or, cheap. Yeah, it'd be
0: super cheap. <laughs> right? Or like just- so effective. A, uh, and then, then there's a couple of things connected to that. You know, like make, I've heard zinc and magnesium come up a bit too. And just simple supplements that would help that.
1: Sunshine. Right? Nice. Fresh air. Yeah, like,
0: yeah.
1: Long-term care facilities, a huge pet peeve of mine. It was a year and a half at that point into the pandemic. And yet we were still not, I don't, I didn't work in long-term care to be clear, but I had a lot of patients who fell and broke a hip at long-term care and they were stuck with us on the surgical floor for months and months. So it might as well be long-term care at that point. Okay. They were not on a single vitamin D tab yet. After a year and a half into the pandemic, many of them hadn't seen the sunshine or been outside for fresh air in well over two years. Well over two years. Not even a single vitamin D tab, not vitamin C. When I worked on the COVID floor with COVID patients, some of them were getting Tylenol. That's it. At the very least, based on evidence-based practice, it would do no harm to that patient to give them a vitamin C, a zinc, and a D, yeah.
0: 3D. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It
1: costs nothing. It cannot harm them. It can't, there's proof. Like you cannot overdose on that stuff. Yeah. It just, I, it, the logic isn't there. Like why aren't we helping these people? Oh,
0: but that, okay, so that's, that's a actually- A year and a half,
1: two years into the pandemic, we still are not giving people vitamin D tabs. Are you kidding me? Yeah, yeah, we still yeah. haven't told the public here, I think recently actually it was on mainstream media like Fox News or CBC or something finally <laughs> aired a segment on how to boost your immune system and it was amazing like oh. why didn't you talk about that two years ago yeah. where was it where was yeah. it? I didn't no. see it but waiting for it I was looking for it and I didn't see it oh
0: no, yeah and I was getting told I was a crazy right-wing conspiracy person for just suggesting it <laughs>
1: we should be telling people how important sleep is like get Mm. off your freaking phone at 6 p.m. turn Mm. off your electronics don't fall asleep wearing an apple watch Mm. like disconnect from the world go into nature go barefoot outside for a couple hours every day go get Mm. some fresh air take a vitamin d there's Mm -hmm. so many things you can do that would like really impact your immune system don't just take that stuff when you're sick because at that point it's only going to help so much when you're massively vitamin D deficient but we know there's science that shows us that hey most of the people in this city during this outbreak who are in the ICU with COVID were extremely vitamin D deficient yeah there's so much science out there like why aren't we listening to that at the very least I don't know how far you want to go into this (laughs) with ivermectin the very least it's cheap Okay. Yeah. And it's not going to hurt you. Why wouldn't you try something different? Why yeah. wouldn't you try it?
0: <laughs> no, I agree. I, I actually was just thinking if we should go there or not too, but um, <laughs> yeah. um, the, the general fact that if you get um, um, diagnosed with COVID, you're basically just sent home to see how sick you get is so absurd and insane and criminal ultimately to me in the sense that like you know some of those people are going to come back to the hospital in really bad shape you know that's going to happen mm-hmm. and you're not even trying to give them just and, and like the thing about the vitamin supplements as opposed to say something like ivermectin which is got this controversial aura about it is the vitamins is like you can't argue with that and say the vitamins are are, are bad for the person or something
1: no. right? it's evidence-based practice that it's there yeah We've studied for decades we know that
0: yeah, and, and then and then isn't isn't the motivation of a healthcare professional to do everything they can, including the things that maybe won't cure everything, but at least help somewhat isn't that
1: idea.
0: yeah, take. I mean, isn't, yeah. we
1: know that zinc can, you know, not cure a common cold, but we know it trims a couple of days off of your suffering. So instead yeah. of having a seven day cold, you would have a five day cold. Why huh. wouldn't you do that with COVID? Right. Trim a couple yeah. days off. trim some severity off. It's not going to cure them, okay, right? But it yeah. certainly will help them, and the science I, shows us that. So there's no debating that. Why are we? It's just it. Yeah. That <laughs> yeah. to me, it's the things like that that lead me back to. At the end of the day, I can go down all these rabbit holes. I still don't know what the end game is and what their plan is. Is it depopulation? Is it that greed? I don't know, and I'm okay not knowing by the end of the day, I freaking know that this is not about public health. Like there's just so many things around me that just don't make sense and prove that it's not about public health and safety. It's about a political agenda, whatever Mm. that is. It's Mm -hmm. not about public health and safety. I myself as one little surgical nurse on a Saturday, 12 hour shift could tuck in and look after five surgical patients safely, competently, confidently five patients, little old me. What if 50 other nurses on a Saturday across BC who were just fired could take five other surgical patients, tuck them in and look after them after their surgery, discharge them the next day from their hip operation that we do. Hmm. How many people would be getting these surgeries that they need to have these diagnostic tests that are being delayed and people are dying of cancer while they're waiting. Mm-hmm. I bet you if you asked them, they would take me as their nurse. If I took a rapid test <sighs> that morning and I recently had COVID, how am I logically between those two things, not the safest nurse on the entire unit that day, mm-hmm. right? So like, is it about public health or is it not at that point? I don't think there's any denying that. Like, I, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there's there is the biggest outbreaks we've ever had in DC currently in long-term care facilities. Who are they blaming? Still the unvaccinated. Mm. How? I don't know how, but they're saying that in the community on the nurses days off, they're coming to contact with unvaccinated. We're giving them these new variants and they're bringing it to the care homes. But there's mass deaths. There is mass outbreaks right now that nobody's talking about. The biggest ones we've had in two years and it's amongst the fully vaccinated. In the Maybe we should be If this was about public health, maybe we should be rapid testing every nurse, vaccinated or not, three times a week, twice a week, before every shift, whatever. If it was truly about public health, every nurse would be tested because Mm -hmm. we know that the vaccinated nurses are spreading it in Mm -hmm. these facilities. We know that, right? So why is it that vaccinated nurses right now whose families are all double vaccinated, this is right now, I know people (laughs) right this minute, whose entire family, Is COVID positive despite being double vaccinated, and the nurse somehow tested negative that day. So she's not even expected, but required to not use up her sick time and go to work at these facilities, even though her whole family is at home with COVID. Mm. The sniffles. She's still expected to be at work and not use her sick pay. Mm. That's not about public health.
0: Well, you know it's not. It doesn't make sense. You know, like question,
1: question things, people.
0: Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, I'm I, 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 I guess I, you
1: have to know to question, you have to know what's happening to question and they've done an immaculate job at suppressing that knowledge and not yeah. letting go, right? <laughs> But still, look around
0: you. Like. Yeah, yeah. Well, and 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 just like you know, as I said, like I would be called all kinds of silly names for just saying vitamins are good for you, right? Like, there's the whole. Not only is it like the information is 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 kept within this little tiny area of what's acceptable, mm-hmm. but the other information is immediately labeled as like you know, insane conspiracy nonsense. Um, You're
1: thrown into the category. <laughs> right
0: away. So, okay. do you do you have any knowledge on? Um, on, on like like less because the, the whole the, all of the fight back here is is not being reported very well. So whether it's the hundreds of thousands of people protesting around the world or it's the little injunctions here and little bits of this there, it's not being reported well. But do you know if, if in BC there there's any like litigations being set up or anything like that uh, to fight back?
1: Yeah, there's quite a few things going on behind the scenes. Um, there's a it, it's hard to keep up with it all and not everybody is um able to know the information because of confidentiality issues right yeah. um the people in bc right now who are going the furthest with their lawyers are un um are professionals who are not registered with a college mm. they're to go the furthest legally right now the rest of us who are unionized um we are expected to exhaust our union first before we can take any serious legal action so it's going to take a long time but there oh. are groups of professionals and pockets of them in bc who are going quite far but they can't talk about it
0: yeah, <laughs> um, yeah, yeah
1: so there's all these little legal actions happening instead of one big one just because it has to be that way we're just so divided differently with our colleges and our unions that we can not mm. all together at this point um
0: so okay. there's, there's
1: things happening, but we also know that legal things take forever mm-hmm. at the best times, right? And mm-hmm. we also know that there's laws being broken right now that have never been broken before. So the mm-hmm. lawyers are going to take extra time figuring this shit out because it's never happened before, right? Yeah. And like, do we even have a leg to stand on right now when these people are using their powers to just rewrite the law, essentially, right? Um, so it'll take a long time, but there are things happening okay. for sure. Okay. Yeah, um, not a lot of talking about it, but there's a lot happening.
0: Good. Well, I'm glad there yeah. is. And, and I do hear little bits and pieces, but do you feel that these, these measures um, that are being attempted are going to lead somewhere useful um, in the end? Like, they're going to be, actually get the results they're aiming at?
1: I don't know that. I think we're going for a lot of people want to have their jobs back. I absolutely Mm. think that will happen one day. It has to. Okay. (laughs) Okay. Nurses are going to have to be offered the jobs back. Look at France, Quebec, other places, Mm. right? France nurses were brought back and then paid compensation and all their lost wages for the two months they were off or the month that they were off too, right? It's like, I know legally we'll have to be offered our jobs back. I know that. But as far as like compensating people, which is what we really want, they'll never be able to compensate that many people, you know, and then you have to look into compensating all the nurses who took the vaccine, crying in the chair against their will, who didn't want to, but had to, to feed their families. So we got to compensate all those people. And uh, like, have we still even really compensated the Aboriginal people? <laughs>
0: right? Like,
1: no, we haven't. Yeah. I don't think we're really holding out for much that way, but some people really do just want their jobs back. And mm. I know a hundred percent that they will get them back because it was massively illegal. Um, mm just against our law in every way so I know they'll get their job back but it will take some time and a lot of them won't go back like myself included I uh, you were just treated like a used q-tip and thrown in the trash there a lot of people aren't going to go back to a system Uh. that was failing them anyways it kind of feels like freeing to just be let go of that you know Okay. A lot of people speak on a lot of people's behalf when I say that, that they won't be going back, which is bad because those are really good nurses and everybody should be mourning that loss right yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So, um,
0: but but I like how you have, there's a vein of hope within the li- the litigation process and the legal process that there's chance that that's going to do some good.
1: I know that people will be offered their job back. Yeah. Yeah. So like what but, are they going to do? They're trying to pull people out of retirement right now come
0: on yeah 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 no yeah yeah no I. I it's not gonna work it's not
1: gonna
0: work um that's good to hear though I like the up uh, the uh, the hope within that because we all need a bit of hope once in a while um so so this is this is definitely uh, you know you don't have to get into this if you don't want to but like I get the sense from you that you you do want to help people you're a caring person that's that's kind of the vibe that I get from you um do you have uh, a a different sort of way you're going to like are you going to take on a different career in some other way that way do you think
1: and being a spiritual person, I've like thought about that a lot. And I'm just kind of just taking the back seat right now and waiting mm-hmm. for it to open and waiting for me to feel passionate about something. And I just know that when something opens up for me, I'll, I'll know that's what I'm supposed to do and I'll jump on it yep. for now. I'm just thankful that my husband has a job still until January. Um, and I'm yeah just paying for groceries i'm cleaning houses right now Uh, (laughs) with my science degree i'm scrubbing toilets which (laughs) i actually i really am enjoying that's fine um but yeah that's not my forever career i'll find something that i love and i don't think it will be nursing though even though i'll lose my badge and my title little rn at the end of my name that they own somehow Mm -hmm. i'll lose all of that i'll still always be a nurse in my heart and in my brain right you don't lose that so i'll find some way to I don't know I'm ex- I'm kind of excited just to not know and just to wait it out and see but there'll be something well
0: yeah that, that's you know that's really good because
1: I have faith I'm very oh, not in God. a religious sense but like I feel like just to let the process happen and something's waiting for me I feel good about it. I'm not scared I'm not worried yeah
0: out. yeah no that's that's what I was say is like you you really do represent the right mindset, I think, and it can be. Hopefully, the people who watch this will have some inspiration from that. Because if um, if you have a sense of faith, you might say towards the idea that you're going to find a, your way forward in the future, and you're not afraid to make the decisions that you know in your heart, in your in your intuition, are the right decisions. I think that that's an example we can all look to, and hopefully, all the more people will. Because
1: <laughs> I hope that will be a good thing to come out of this. Is people are going to start being more independent that way, like. Spiritually, with your own inner guidance, and physically with like growing your own food and learning how to do skills, things like that. I think people are just going to need to look within themselves and within their own homes. Like, yes, this is a lost art. Both of those. So, and on the intuition note, like I. Have always followed my intuition in a very strong way, and it has never led me astray. Something really good has always come out of it. So I just, I just know that this is the right choice. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter what comes. Like I know I'm doing the right thing, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's, no, there's like a sense of it's just like a freeing feeling that comes with that. I'm just you're doing the right thing. I so just waited it up. I don't know. There's then, no other choice for people like me who know that you're doing the right thing. There's no other choice. So. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what it is. Yeah
0: well yeah I couldn't have put it better myself and, and and so that's great um is there anything else you wanted to throw in
1: I, I could probably talk for a couple hours I don't know <laughs> yeah no I don't think so just yeah
0: yeah no no we will even talk
1: freaking times yeah yeah it is
0: it it, it is and uh, I do
1: have faith that it does end soon like I yeah I do yeah I do like spring I do feel like this will be over
0: and, and what and then what they like are we going to be able to hold these people accountable do you think <laughs> I, don't
1: know. I don't think i don't know i don't know what that looks like but i do know that it'll be over yeah. um i do know it's going to be hard and i'm kind of mourning the loss of my old life in that way and that we still have to live with these people after you know like they're going to be driving on the highway with us they're going to be our freaking co-workers again one day maybe for some of us like they're going to be around the Christmas Thanksgiving tables again, mm-hmm. like these family fallouts people have had, like, we're still, I think to some degree is my own personal belief that we're always going to have that divide in society. Is like, Oh, you're them. Or, Oh, you're one of us. Like, it's just, I think it has to always kind of be there going forward, which yeah. is hard to accept. I don't know if there's any way around that. I don't think it's possible. You're ethically just one sort of person or you're another like, you just i don't know it's always going to be there but i do think the world will look a lot different in the spring and i hey i'm kind of clinging to that <laughs> <laughs> mental well, health is clinging to that for the sake of my kids and yeah. yeah i don't think it's all going to be doom and gloom it's really hard right now but i don't think it stays this way so that's good I take Comfort um, in. That.
0: yeah so you know i i'm not no to because um you know, I have a complex family and I, I know a lot of people with a lot of different opinions. And um, it's been a struggle for me to balance out the people who can sit there and, 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 and say that they justify the, the restriction on human rights based on um, a, a medical intervention that has no good data to back it up and all that, like all that stuff. I, I understand that. The one thing that gives me a, the ability to hold on to a sense of compassion, even for those, those the people that are stuck most on is that they, they have to be ultimately coming from a place of fear because you can't really have that opinion without being motivated by being afraid. It's, it's really, a, to me, it seems like a, a fear motivation. So if that's the case, if they, can, if they can find a way or they can be helped to find a way to, to let go of that fear, then they won't be like that anymore. And, and, and that won't happen if you, if you determine that they're on the other team and you start to yell at them across from across the aisle and make the dynamic antagonistic. But mm-hmm. if, 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 you're, if you're capable of having this higher perspective, and having an a, a ethical uh, a foundation that that goes beyond just tribal identity, um, then you're you're leading the way by example towards uh, a much more humanitarian endgame than than you are if you fall into this, you're wrong and I'm right thing right.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, so I think, as hard as it is, those of us that are, are more have our eyes more open. Um, are still going to, it's, it's the old adage, right? You're going to have to learn to turn the other cheek to a certain degree and, and mm-hmm. just say, okay, uh, you made those choices, but you're still a human being. And because I know you're still a human being, I'm going to give you the freedom to, to, I'm, I'm just going to let that be. Although we have to have some discussions <laughs> we have to talk about the dynamic of what's happened and try to,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and, and do that respectfully. But yeah. So anyways, I understand it's a balance, but I do believe in compassion. and I,
1: I do agree with you there. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and it has been a beautiful thing to see and to witness is, it's been really hard to witness <laughs> so on the uplift side of things like at work, these compassionate nurses and doctors that you've known for years, turn around and say things like, we should just round up all the unvaccinated, get it over with and kill them and say unprofessional, just horrible human shit like that, that you just wouldn't even believe could come out of somebody that you know. You hear this stuff that's just so hateful, and then you see the people that that's directed against. Like all of the nurses, we have this incredible bond that we've made, these underground nurses who have mm. acquired from all over BC. We've just clung together and made these beautiful friendships because we truly understand the trauma of what each other is going through right now. Um, but you see these people subject to just this hate from people and just the most hateful shit that people have said to them. Mm. And they still have so much compassion and they're still planning and researching. Okay, well, when you have your booster shot and you might have this reaction or say this worst conspiracy theory possible is actually true and you are going to be more prone to cancers, et cetera, down the road, how can we help you? And they're already planning mm-hmm. how they can help those people. And they know that if the tides turned and if something happened and one of those conspiracy theories was true and all these people are in the hospital and just like... Mm-hmm. It's just a disgusting situation of massively sick people. I know that we, despite what we've been through and what we've been told by people and the hate we've been subject to, I know that we would show up for our old coworkers and I know that we would look after them and I know that we would be good nurses to them. And seeing that and seeing people talk about other humans that way who've treated them like absolute shit has been really beautiful. And Mm -hmm. that's a good thing to come out of this last year is how you could still at the end of the day, hold compassion for people who treated you that way. is just, yeah. I, yeah, I'm also clinging to that too. <laughs> and it is hard to find compassion sometimes, but I do still have it. Um, well, it makes it easier. Right? Yeah, yeah.
0: And, 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 and you're right. That's, it's, it is beautiful that a human being can have that level of compassion. Um, and they're all over the place in, in the woodwork of, of the world, because mm-hmm. that's, that's the only hope we have as a species, as far as I'm concerned, is, this sort of transcendent dynamic of compassion, where you can, you can, you you can, it's like to me, it's like you you look at another human being and you see another human being. There's all kinds of other labels that might come up, but there's still a living, breathing human being that has every reason to be alive as you do. And, and if you can help them, and you're motivated to help them, then you do, and and you don't care about. Them whatever else might come up
1: is what as nurses we were supposed to do right (laughs) many every from my own personal experiences i can speak to but i know every other nurse has an experience similar there has been cases where you look after the little kid who was hit by a drunk driver Hmm. they're patient you look after them and they're distraught parents and then literally down the hallway you have the person the drunk person who hit them and you have to treat them like a human too. And you have to give them the best care. You have to. You have to push your ethics aside sometimes, your own personal judgments rather. And you have to just provide the care that you under oath said that you would. You have to. Yeah. Yeah. If somebody is dying and they don't have to die because they're not taking that blood transfusion and they're like just take the transfusion i don't understand your way of thinking you're stupid you gotta push that shit aside and you gotta advocate for that patient and say hey doctor actually they really don't want that blood transfusion it's against everything they stand for you have to advocate for them and you have to be a goddamn good nurse to them Mm -hmm. because that's them and that's their beliefs you put yours aside Mm -hmm. you have to be a good nurse you don't mm-hmm. do judgment to the words of the street person and say yeah. they're drug seeking. Maybe they are. Does it come out of your paycheck? No. Mm. Get them something for pain. They're in pain. Yeah. You can't be judgmental that way. And it's yeah. really hard as a nurse to know this and then to see nurses treating patients who aren't vaccinated, like they're vermin sometimes and hearing this, it's just, it's, Anyway, that's a whole other conversation. I keep, you keep wrapping it up and I keep bringing things up, but it's, it's very hard ethically to see that because that's not what we are. That's not who we are. We're compassionate. Well, so I tell you- Non-judgmental care yeah. with love. Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. I'll not- well, uh, tell you, I'll tell you, Felon, what you just said right now um, shows me that you are and should be a, a, well, a, 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 a well-paid, respected nurse because that is the spirit of nursing right there to me is, is what you just said, beautifully said. And you so- to-
1: yeah be, nurses are special that way you just you don't have to be able to do that
0: yeah and and the fact that our healthcare system and this is something everybody in bc should think about has let you go is a crime then because we need people like you to take care of people that's what we need that's the whole damn thing so i'm
1: i feel like i'm supposed to be taking care of people i'm a good nurse okay? yeah
0: well i believe that a certain segment of the population is naturally inclined to this because we've always needed it we've always had to have nurturing people in the society always and nursing is definitely a really good vehicle for that. Um, I remember um, years ago, um, one of my students had invited me over to have dinner with his family. And he had a little, uh, kid the kid was a lot little, littler than she is now. But she was this little girl and she was playing house and I was trying to say hello. And she, and I said, so what, what are you playing? What are you doing? We're at the house. And, and it, she said, oh, it's a hospital. And I was, oh, it's a hospital. So what's going on there? And she explained that she's people are coming to the hospital because they need help and I want to help them right and she was like seven or six or something right just little and and I was like you've already got that spirit you've already got that drive to help people at that age it's not a conscious thought it's just a it's part mm-hmm. of the being of that person and we should For
1: humanity really yeah yeah yeah
0: and and we should be honoring that and, and 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 supporting it at whatever it costs and you know yeah so so I that was really well put, and I, I'm really glad that you, you that was been said, and I appreciate you saying that. Um, what a crazy world! <laughs> but, it is yeah. crazy
1: how things have changed. Like I just, it's, it's. Uh, ugh, I don't know. I've seen well, some crazy things in third world countries. I've seen some mm. traumatic, traumatic things. I've had kids die in my arms before. I've seen some shit, mm. and at the end of the day, this is what's going to be what leaves me to PTSD, which is really yeah. sad you had it up here yeah. <laughs> the doctors and nurses that i worked with you know like it's just yeah. like denying vaccine injury or denying health care or providing really judgmental shitty health care it's just not what you were trained to do and even before being trained it's just not the person that you were that went into nursing school yeah you can't yeah, that, the textbook. That, you have a soul or you know
0: that's you know. what i mean is like <laughs> even even that little girl from a few years ago she was displaying that Deep drive to help exactly. and yeah, and and like, yeah, again, why we would just
1: don't make the same life choices that you would, or even you don't understand something that they believe you don't have to, you're there to provide care. Yes, like the person who cooks the last meal for people on death row, yeah, okay, he probably doesn't like you as a person, he probably doesn't agree with your life choices, but he is going to cook you the best meal that you requested because that is his job, that is what he's passionate about, and that's what he's going to do. He just, you know, just. Do your job. That's a great analogy of loving way. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. There was yeah. a
1: kid who was drunk or something on my little street that I live on two weeks ago, and he wasn't paying attention, and he plowed through somebody's travel trailer and their boat and could have killed my kids playing outside. Ooh. I was pissed. My first question was still, are you OK? Mm-hmm. And I brought him out of the car, and I assessed him. Mm-hmm. When I knew he was fine, I laid into him, and I gave him shit. <laughs> have killed my kids but my first question in nurse mode was are you okay
0: yeah yeah
1: we lost that yeah yeah
0: i anyway. yeah no that, that's another good one you, you got a lot of good good uh to draw <laughs> analysis to draw from there yeah, um, it's just really
1: sad that that is at the end of my short career that all the things i've seen that's going to be what gives me ptsd yeah you know? <laughs> just like huh who's canada
0: yeah well well, uh, we, 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 we had a good conversation that started that hopefully is going to snowball, right? Hopefully more people have more conversations like this. And that's what I'm trying to do with this podcast in general is have these conversations. Cause I think if you listen to the, like, you don't hear this, these conversations in the mainstream, but if you did, people could hear this more, then it would just spark more potential for their mind to start to start at least a little bit opening up a little bit more. I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> yeah. Uh, me too.
1: I hope people would be open-minded enough. To even listen to a podcast about something that maybe isn't quite on their side, right? Yeah. Just like, have the open enough of a mind. Well, uh, maybe uh, see that the dress is actually blue and black, you know? Just yeah. Try yeah. to see it that way. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, There's I, so much
1: there to be seen. Go
0: I am. Um, um, uh, it's a little bit of hope, maybe, in the sense that. Um, the the you know whatever you want to call the the legacy media the 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 CBCs and the NBCs and the CNNs and all this they don't get the viewership that a lot of people assume they get, but if you take you know the king of the podcast world is Joe Rogan, anyone? Huh. <laughs>
1: He's great to listen to while you're scrubbing toilets. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. He's, yeah, that's right. You're doing not so, a lot lately. Yeah,
0: but his show gets listened to like. Hundredfold times more than CNN's talk shows and stuff. And so there's an appetite for these things because I think a lot of people, even though they're still in a position where they're not going to really publicly get to, to um, uh, go against the flow so much, they are questioning and they are looking for that, that, that the voices that, that, that they are hearing. Like there's, there's a resonance there that, that does play out. Um, and, and yeah. It's yes, comforting. Yeah, it is. It's, there. it's really there. Um, I've been amazed in the last, you know, two months that I've really started this. That um, I keep finding really interesting people to talk to because there's so many people that want to share really important stories. And you know, you're definitely an example of that.
1: And, I think you'll find more now that many people have been fired and they have this like all of a sudden freedom that oh my god I can speak for the first time in 20, yeah. 30 years. Doctors have been doctors for forty years. Like, you yeah. can talk finally. So I think you'll find more people to talk to. Well, I'm gonna. With. <laughs> I'm now's gonna. The time. Uh, yeah no that's
0: that's exactly Still what
1: I mean. free, like somebody who's got nothing to lose yeah
0: yeah well, well my teacher always said that uh, freedom is just another word for having nothing less left to lose right
1: exactly right yeah. you got nothing to lose like feels great they can take things from us they can take away our ability to go to restaurants or see your kids play hockey or even go to the grocery store but they can't take away your voice right that's so, right thank and, you for broadcasting those voices for people
0: well, hey, thank you for being willing to share the voice. And um, yeah, um, uh, we'll if, you know, see in the new year, maybe you can come up, give an update and things from your perspective too, I'm always open to that. Um, and I just wish you all the best to your family, to your community, because I think you're an example of a really um, a courageous person who's, who's doing what, it's, it's not so much that I'm going to say that you're doing the right thing, because it's your choice, but you right. are doing what's right for you. And I think that's a lesson for everybody to, to take on.
1: Yeah, it's been a journey because I, you know, I'm, I'm the person who advocates ferociously for my patients for the last nine years, and now Mm -hmm. I'm having to find my voice for myself and advocate for myself and my own family, which is kind of new territory for me. I've never really had to do that before. So,
0: (laughs) well, hey, if this was
1: your first, if
0: if this was your first interview, you did a really good job.
1: I do listen to a lot of podcasts. I've never been on one yet, but
0: <laughs> well, there you go. So I got it,
1: more time to listen to them now, I guess. So. Yeah. yeah.
0: Cool. But we're
1: in good spirits over here and we're not letting it get us down. We're prepared. We're, yeah. The end of the day, wildfire season taught us, if anything, that like all this stuff we have around us, we built this house ourselves with our own hands. Like mm-hmm. all this stuff is just stuff at the end of the day. When we were on evacuation alert this summer all we had was like a tabletop worth of boxes to bring with us of like scrapbooks and photos and mm. the kids and their teddies and like that's all we really cared about so at the end mm. of the day if we have to sell our house and live in the travel trailer and just have the little small things with us like perspective is just kind of a game changer that way you know like we're uh, eh, fine yeah. we're fine we'll make it work
0: absolutely and i, and I, 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 believe, I believe it
1: We've got our souls still right we didn't sell that so, yeah. <laughs> that's, so right. that's right that's what i want to teach my kids right so yeah. even if i'm i might be wrong about all this but at the end of the day i believe strongly that i'm on the right side of history here and if i didn't say something and if i didn't use my voice i'm gonna have to be held accountable to that one day when my grandkids ask mm. me what did you do mm-hmm. i have to, be able to say that i did something yeah mm-hmm. so. I agree.
0: I agree, and and um, and and not only to you, but to anybody listening. You're you know you're not alone. There's there's others that are in this m- mind frame and are willing to put their their lives you know up front and take the chances they need to take to to honor their um, commitment to their morality, and so so yeah. The more people, yeah, that's 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 really good. That's really good. It, it was great. Stop so, talking. About. <laughs> So, so thank you, Fallon. Thank you again for your time and uh, (laughs) uh, the information. And uh, yeah, once again, wish you all the best. Uh, Happy holidays.
1: Thank you. You too. Thank you.